It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Sunday, January 28th, 2024. I'm Jessica Rosenthal. For decades, abortion was an election issue for Republicans. Now it may be turning into a consistent election issue for Democrats. Women are coming out in record numbers to vote on this issue. And so, yes, there's other things that are important, but this is so important to them that this is one of those moments in time that they think is absolutely critical for women. I'm Jared Halpern. The Biden campaign is looking ahead to November and laser focused on a 2020 rematch. You're starting to see that really come forward in terms of what a second Biden term is all about, right? It's about choice. It's about uh, continuing the infrastructure uh, push that we're seeing in terms of actually deploying all these projects around the country. This is the Fox News Rundown from Washington. This past week, President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris marked what would have been the 51st anniversary of Roe v. Wade, the landmark ruling that legalized abortion in the United States, a ruling overturned by another landmark decision called Dobbs. And half of the justices in the 6-3 ruling a year and a half ago were appointed by now former President Trump, who is running again. President Biden said from Northern Virginia on Tuesday, the day of the New Hampshire primary, Donald Trump and my Republicans, including the Speaker of the House, are hell-bent on going even further. To date, MAGA Republican Congress proposed three additional national abortion bans. Vice President Kamala Harris has said she'll be hitting the campaign trail to talk to voters about all of this. One does not have to abandon their faith or deeply held beliefs to agree the government should not be telling her what to do with her body. Since Roe was overturned, the matter has been turned back to the states, and states have been implementing their own rules. When those states let voters decide, they've rejected stricter abortion rules, including in red states like Ohio and Kansas. In Kentucky's case, voters rejected a constitutional amendment that was intended to ensure there would be no future constitutional protections for abortion. Former President Trump called a six-week ban terrible, and in Iowa, one voter asked him at a Fox News town hall for reassurance that being pro-life was important to him. If you talk five or six weeks, a lot of women don't know if they're pregnant in five or six weeks. I want to get something where people are happy. You know, this has been tearing our, our country apart for 50 years. Nobody's been able to do anything. And again, you can only ask that question, and you ask it brilliantly, and I understand exactly where you're coming from. I love where you're coming from. But we still have to win elections. And they've used this. Uh, you know, we have some great Republicans, and they're great on the issue. And you would love them on the issue. Uh, and a lot of them have just been decimated in the election, decimated. And Republicans have to navigate this issue. Democrats are making them. It is going to be uh, the election issue for Democrats uh, come November this year. Lee Carter is president of Muslansky and Partners. It's the issue that Democrats really have an advantage on. Seven in 10 independent women say the primary reason that they're going to vote is on abortion. Nine in 10 Democratic women say the same thing. There's no other issue when you go through the issues that are most important to the American voter from the economy, inflation, immigration, foreign affairs, all of those 
issues advantage Republicans, except for this one, which is a really big issue uh, that Democrats are really going to try to capitalize on. Okay, wait, we always hear each year about the importance of the suburban woman, right? Um, Especially in those swing states. Are you saying that seven out of 10 independent women, so maybe some of those suburban women in those swing states are single issue voters at this point? So I wouldn't call them single issue voters. They, you know, if you ask them what the most important issues are to them, they would still talk about immigration. They would still talk about the economy. They would still talk about security and safety related issues. But when you talk to them about the importance of abortion and you ask them about that, and you single that out and you ask them how important is it to you, they say that is the thing that is going to drive them to the polls. And we've seen that in the special elections in Ohio. We've seen it when abortion is on the ballot that women are coming out in record numbers to vote on this issue. And so, yes, there's other things that are important, but this is so important to them that this is one of those moments in time that they think is absolutely critical for women. And it's not just about abortion. This becomes much broader. This becomes about women's rights. It becomes about women in general. It becomes Mm. about women supporting each other. And in many ways, it becomes a movement. You know, the way... Democrats are talking about this, it sounds like, especially from the the president, is, look, if you put Republicans in charge, especially former President Donald Trump, who, you know, elevated three Supreme Court justices who overturned Roe, then there will likely be a national abortion ban. Is is that right? Is that the framing here that there will it won't be a state's issue anymore if you if you elect Republicans? There will be a you know week long ban or, or you know a ban that amounts to a certain number of weeks. Certainly, the direction it seems to be headed right now. And if you were to ask voters what they think would happen, I think they absolutely believe that that six week abortion ban that happened in Florida and some other states around the country is what the Republican uh, presidential nominee would want uh, should he get. Uh, should he win in uh, November. And that simply isn't necessarily the case, and it's simply not what Donald Trump has promised either. Donald Trump has said he's very aware that this is an issue that's a big issue for Republicans, that Republicans haven't gotten the messaging on this right um, up until this point. He hasn't yet really defined or talked about what exactly his message on abortion is going to be, but certainly the left has framed it as if the right gets in office come November, there will be abortion bans across the country. So yeah, Lee, put your, I guess, strategist hat on. You know, he's already said uh, that a six week ban was terrible, right? And he was, that that became a question for some of those town hall, at some of those Fox News town halls. There was one voter, I think it was in Iowa, who said, you know, that, that the right to let, you know, that, that she was very pro-life and she was very concerned that President uh, Trump had, had called a six week ban terrible. Um, with you, you know, if you're advising a campaign, or you're, or you're advising the Trump campaign, what do you what do you tell um, former President Trump to sort of say about this? Now we okay, now we know what you think is terrible, but what are you, I guess, for moving forward? So I think that the side of of bans and boycotts generally is a side that is losing in arguments in our country, specifically when you're talking about the Republican mm-hmm. Party, which is supposed to stand for freedom, getting government out of your decisions, get your government out of your choices. So I would really um, refrain from any language around um, bans uh, at all. Um, and in fact, I would talk about, um, you know, 
I, I believe that most Americans can agree that there should be um, a, a limit of, of 15 weeks. Um, but I think he needs to come up with a common sense solution to address this. It says this, these are the parameters that we're looking at. And as, as president, I am never in favor of bans, whether it comes from abortion, you know, books or, um, you know, or, or, or masks, you know, whatever it is that he, he wants mm. to address it as, because I think it's a really important issue that, uh, Republicans need to get on the right side of. But if you're a Republican and you don't talk about a ban, I mean, look at what Nikki Haley did, right? She said, let's be honest with the American people. You'd really need 60 senators to agree on a specific ban, on a specific like amount of weeks. You know, do you, do you run the risk conversely of, you know, I, I guess alienating or disappointing some of the base who then says, you know what, you're, you're not on my issue. You're not, you know, you're not going to adhere to, to what, I, what matters to me. I'm, I'm going to stay home. Look, I think there is certainly um, there's certainly a chance that that you could alienate some some members of the party who would be very very disappointed that you took a stand like that. But the the alternative is that they're going to vote for a Democrat, which I don't think is what's going to happen. If you talk about making sure that you know, um, uh, if you go back to some Clinton language about you know abortion being safe, legal, and rare, perhaps we make you know you find some other language that talks about uh about it in, in in similar terms that gets people satisfied that you're trying to eliminate it as much as possible but you're not going to be the one that's ultimately making the decision it's up to the states um i think you're going to end up okay and you know as much as you're looking right now we're talking about a primary and the republican primary donald trump needs to win it and I, I i think that is why you're not hearing him address it when we come when he pivots to the general he's going to have to have an answer on this and when you look at what happened with nikki haley with her response if she did Look what happened with her in New Hampshire. She really won uh, independent women. Um, yeah. Seven, you know, seven in ten independents voted for Nikki Haley. And so, if he does come up with something sensible, I think that you're going to get independent voters in the general election, and I don't think you're going to end up losing Republican voters because they're not going to vote on this one issue alone. Yeah, I and Lee, I wonder if for Democrats, if if making it a central issue works or if it depends on the swing state and just to brief everybody pennsylvania and michigan allow abortion until viability right those two swing states north carolina allows it in the first trimester georgia bans it after six weeks wisconsin's in a state of flux i guess state republicans want to vote this spring on a ban after 14 weeks and arizona voters will decide on election day in november on a measure that could legalize abortion, I think through viability. So like 22 or 23 weeks of pregnancy. When you when you break it down and you look at all these swing states, I imagine Democrats are doing a calculation here about, you know, we need this many swing states to win. And these are the states that are in play on this on this very issue. Exactly. And my, my guess is you're going to start to be able to look at this very same map and see where they are sending Kamala Harris to talk about this issue, where they're they're sending other surrogates to talk about this issue. Um, and of course, it's going to be the, the states that matter the most. But this these are also the states where abortion is on the ballot. And we've seen that that does drive record turnout uh, in the vote. Lee, finally, for the for the votes, the president for the votes, President Biden might gain on the abortion issue or or move solidly into his camp at the very least. Does it end up being a wash if immigration and the border is still top of mind for, for certain voters in October? 
Look, I think it's a really big gamble for Democrats to think that they can win only on this issue, but it's the only issue that they have the advantage on right now. When you look at um, the, the Harris poll that came out this week, the number one issue that 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 uh, people is on people's minds right now, 35% of Americans say it's actually immigration. Number two is the economy and inflation. And and those are issues that Republicans win on. And, you know, I, I know that Joe Biden's out there trying to talk about Bidenomics. He's trying to convince people that the economy has never been better. He's trying to say that everything is working. The immigration issue is really, really tough for him, regardless of what's happening right now. And, and, and he's trying to blame Republicans right now for what's happening, saying the Republicans are the ones who are not making the deal. Democrats have had three years to address this issue. And people know that when they look back, to when Donald Trump was in charge, immigration wasn't as bad as it is today. In the last month alone, immigration has gained eight points in the Harris poll, eight points in importance. It was not the number two issue before now. It's the number one issue, and it's gaining more and more traction, and it's going to be really hard for Democrats to own that issue. So I think that's all they've got. And if President Biden, sufficient, if, if President Biden sufficiently addresses the immigration enough for voters um, for, for the sake of candidate Biden, before the election, and he's still highlighting the abortion issue, uh, I, I imagine that changes the game significantly. If he puts the immigration issue to, to bed in a, in a certain way, that, that's sufficient enough for, for, well, for maybe most voters. People are, that's, that's certainly what people are saying right now, that if Republicans make this deal, that the, the, the Democrats will have victory on immigration. But the deal that they're looking at right now is not going to make immigration go away. What they're looking at is really additional funding to, to deal with you know, additional processing of immigrants right now to deal with the system as it is. We're not talking about a structural overall of immigration that's going to really satisfy issues that we have at the border. And so if a deal was struck, I would make sure if I were a Republican that I message exactly what this deal is as a short term, you know, short term uh, solution, a Band-Aid on a bigger problem, and and I would really label whatever the, the, the bigger solution is that Republicans have as something that's unforgettable, much like Donald Trump owns the wall. I think they're going to have to have a, a very big name for a very big proposal that's going to address immigration more uh, holistically than what their short-term solution is that they're talking about in the budget deal. Very good. Lee Carter, CEO of Ms. Lansky and Partners, thank you so much for joining. Thanks so much for having me. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Stay on top of the latest news and information from Fox News. Listen and download the Fox News Hourly Update on your time. The trending stories you need anytime you want it. Listen and download now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. To win the Republican nomination for president, a candidate needs to secure 1,215 delegates. After the first two contests in Iowa and New Hampshire, former President Trump has 32. His one-time U.N. ambassador and former South Carolina governor, Nikki Haley, has 17. So from that perspective, one could argue there is a long way to go. But the former president and an awful lot of his allies say this race is over. Haley can't catch up, let alone overtake Mr. Trump. And the Biden-Harris campaign agrees. Yeah, we're just looking at the reality of the data uh, in front of us, right? We have been prepared for this since the launch of this re-election in April of last year. That is Biden-Harris campaign communications director Michael Tyler in a phone briefing with reporters the day after New Hampshire's primary. 
Now coming off of Iowa and New Hampshire, uh, you have Donald Trump, who's fully consolidated the extreme MAGA base of the party and is marching towards the nomination. So this campaign is now laser focused on uh, presenting that direct choice to the American people because it's real. Tyler says the campaign is all hands on deck and heading full steam into the general election, a sentiment shared by deputy campaign manager Quentin Folks. It'll be a choice between a candidate who wakes up every single day fighting to make life better for working people and is running to save our democracy and a candidate who spends every day thinking about himself, retribution and revenge. But not all Democrats are ready for that general election, at least not yet. Minnesota Congressman Dean Phillips is running a long shot challenge to President Biden. He garnered about 20 percent of the Democratic vote in New Hampshire's primary, well behind the president, who didn't even appear on the ballot, but a write-in effort succeeded in winning him nearly 64 percent of the vote. Before that primary, I talked with Phillips about his uphill campaign and his concerns about the president's re-election prospects. The lack of courage, the cowardice amongst politicians to meet the moment when it really matters is something I've always been staggered by. And this is a demonstration of how we should act. Meet the moment. Uh, lacking courage to run for a political office, uh, I think is shameful, especially when so much is at risk. And uh, call it what you will, it is actually the most wonderful, joyful journey of my entire life. And I think if more people would know this and try this, they would see what a beautiful uh, experience and practice of democracy, particularly right here in the Granite State. And by the way, I have shaken hands and had great conversations with Democrats, independents, Republicans. I went to the Trump rally the other night. So, First time. Yeah. yeah you know, so. I, I just walked the line to say hi to voters. And I got to tell you, I spoke to probably 50 people, kind, thoughtful, friendly fellow Americans. And my mission here, Jared, is to demonstrate that the next president should not one be one who calls the other side deplorable or despicable or mega insurrectionists, uh, and nor should one call all Democrats socialists or communists. I'd like to see us have a president in me who really has great affection for everybody, and that includes conservative Americans. That's my premise, and if we don't do that soon, we're going to be in big trouble. If you are the nominee or if you are not, how does the Democratic Party now reconcile moving forward into a general election? Well, look, at both parties have long histories of great division during a primary, which is what they're for, to litigate it, to, to, you know, to hash it out and have a competition. And then you unify. And if you unify behind a candidate who can win, it's pretty amazing what can happen. I think it's pretty clear that Donald Trump will be the GOP nominee. I think that's mm -hmm. going to be pretty evident shortly, uh, which leaves us. Uh, to have a competition. And I know, should I become the nominee, we'll reconcile. And frankly, if it's somebody else uh, and I think they can win, I'll reconcile too, because this is important. Uh, but it's the practice of democracy that I really value. But that is your big concern, is that President Biden, you don't believe, can win re-election in November. Well, Jared, look, at I, maybe it's because of my business background, but I look at numbers. I look mm -hmm. at data. The data is pretty clear. Lowest approval numbers in presidential history. I think he's three points lower than Trump was at the same stage in his presidency. I think he's nine points below Obama at the same stage. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's losing in most of the battleground states, sometimes quite considerably, and many of the national polls. Uh, and of course, at his age and stage of life, it makes it even more complicated. Furthermore, he's just not showing up. 
won't answer voters' questions face-to-face, won't do town halls, won't do debates, barely, rarely faces the press unless it's, uns- unless it's scripted. And I think those things all put together have put most American voters in a place where they don't have faith anymore. And 70%, most polls indicate, really don't want either of these guys. It's time to turn the page. Look, at I'd be the first Gen X president in American history. How about that? You know, uh, that, that's what I think is going on here. And when the country is screaming for mm-hmm. change, ultimately, and both parties are unwilling to offer a product that meets that, for a business guy like me, that's a grand slam marketing opportunity. And I just wish more of my fellow uh, Democrats and, frankly, Republicans would participate. That's why I like that spirited GOP primary. I wish we had one on our side, but I'm going to try to make it happen. But the Biden campaign's focus on November and former President Trump makes sense to Kevin Walling, a Democratic strategist and campaign veteran. I don't think it's unreasonable. I think it's what Democrats have been planning for in the Biden campaign from the get go. Ever since Donald Trump announced, you know, the day, the night after the midterm elections, that it was Donald Trump's party and his to lose uh, in terms of the nomination fight. Uh, and, you know, I think in terms of the messaging, you've seen more more and more emails coming from the campaign, framing it as a uh, as a choice election between Trump and Biden in terms of fundraising emails from the Biden camp. So I think, you know, they're chomping at the bit to to take on the former president who they defeated last go round. Is that the preferred matchup, Biden versus Haley? Yeah, I mean, I think if you talk to, you know, just independent observers and you see the polling, right, general election sure. polling, I mean, the, the you know, I'm of two minds on this, right? I think you'd have a lot of defections if Donald Trump isn't the Republican nominee and Haley would struggle with that, right, in terms of base support. So, so much of, you know, Republicans' identity is now formed within that Donald Trump mindset. Um, but then you look over that crossover appeal. I mean, the independents in New Hampshire blowing, uh, you know, blowing Trump out of the water with that. The largest divide between, you know, Republican uh, choice for nominee and independent or unregistered uh, choice for the nominee uh, in the history of the primary. So and again, you see some of the general election polls where where, you know, it's far outside the margin of error in some of these key states with the Haley uh, Haley Biden matchup. I mean, th- th- you know, she she would outwork anyone. You know, I spent I split my time between Charleston, South Carolina and uh, in D.C. and have gotten to know a lot of her folks and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I think it's now, you know, kind of short history. But I mean, she took on three more well-established guys in that governor's race that we forget about. Right. A sitting member of Congress, the LG and the AG at the time and beat all of them, you know, at the ballot box. So I think that was the fear, you know, that I had personally as a Democrat is running against uh, Nancy Pelosi, Nikki Haley. I did the same thing as Trump. <laughs> Former president made that mistake, too. Um, yeah, exactly. Did So, I mean, listening to how you just sort of characterized how she won in South Carolina, is it premature to be counting her out? I don't think so. I mean, I think she, you know, we've now less thus than a month in terms of the February 24th in, in the South Carolina primary. All indications are, you know, she had a big rally uh, the other night in mm-hmm. North Charleston as kind of a homecoming. She's got a $4 million ad buy. That buys you a lot of airtime in a state like South Carolina over the next four weeks. Um, and it's home terrain for her. Uh, so I think, you know, they're they're in the process of reassessing. I think, you know, the, the media loves to, on one level, kind of elevate her status. And on the same level, loves to talk about some of these billionaires now abandoning her campaign. Um, so I think they like to have it both ways uh, in terms of the coverage coming out of New Hampshire. And I think she's in it to win it. I mean, she's now sharpened her attacks against Trump. I don't think she's campaigning whatsoever and is not interested in a in a vice presidential 
position or a cap. Seems like that's now out. Yeah. 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 I mean, she's like full throttle, right? She's yeah. burning. Well, and I mean, also, I don't Trump know if the house down. I don't know if Trump's going to put somebody he calls bird brain on the ticket either. Exactly right. I mean, <laughs> but, now, now he's like, you know, Ron DeSanctimonious. Now that's retired. That's so retired. Yeah. Now oh, and stuff like maybe that, it'll be but, retired. Let me yeah. ask about the, the Biden campaign now moving forward. Obviously, they say that they are in a general election mindset. They are full steam ahead, I, I think, is how Quentin Folks put it in that phone call uh, earlier this week. So right now, that message is tied entirely to kind of the dangers as they view it to, to Donald Trump's second term, the, the dangers to democracy, the uh, reproductive rights, all kinds of sort of these these big picture issues. Is that trying to draw an appeal to maybe those soft R's, the independents? Is it a warning to the Democratic base who hasn't always been in love with with President Biden? Who's that message intended to convince? And is that the message through November? Or is this going to have to start focusing a little bit more on kind of the issues that are percolating to the top, whether it's the border, immigration, the economy? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. I think it's a combination of all those things and matching the message to the to the not just the messenger, but also the the community we want to reach. Listen, you, you know, our own Fox News uh, uh, exit polling showed about thirty five percent of New Hampshire Republicans that turned out in that primary are not going to be for Donald Trump on that general election ballot. Um, so I think we've got a good opportunity with that messaging about Donald Trump, his legacy, his history, what he's planning for in his second term. Uh, to be a, a winning message for some of those folks. Of course, the president's going back to Wisconsin to mm -hmm. talk about infrastructure, right? That's going to resonate with some communities. He had a big uh, rally with the UAW that, you know, the script from the, the president of the UAW kind of wrote itself. Uh, and he actually took to the Fox News airwaves to talk about, you know, the choice election that we're facing. So I think it's going to be a combination of, of both. You got to run on a message and, and you're starting to see that really come forward in terms of what a second Biden term is all about, right? It's about choice. It's about uh, continuing the infrastructure uh, push that we're seeing in terms of actually deploying all these projects around the country. But then it's also the duopoly of what, uh, you know, a second uh, uh, Trump term promises with now martial law that he's campaigning on and going into the cities and trampling the constitution and all the kinds of things that he's known for. Uh, I think it's gonna be a, a multi kind of prong messaging attack. And of course we know, you know, we haven't seen turnout like we did in 2020 in over 100 years in this country. And, you know, you have people going to the polls, not so much in a reaction to Joe Biden. I'm a former surrogate for the president. But as a reaction to Donald Trump, you had a lot of people really excited to vote for him for a second term. Right. He won more votes than any incumbent president in history and many more, eight million more votes than that turned out to send him, you know, packing. Do you expect some of these other issues? I know, for instance, earlier this week, the president, the vice president talked a lot about um, abortion access in Virginia. That has been an issue that really has seemed to galvanize not just Democrats, but independent voters. We saw that was a major issue in the midterms. Um, are there ballot initiatives that you're looking at in different states? I, I was thinking back to, you know, like the 2004 campaign where same-sex marriage was on the ballot in an awful lot of states. That seemed to galvanize maybe social conservatives who who maybe would have set out the election and didn't. Is that an issue that you see coming to the forefront and galvanizing Democrats in 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 November? Yeah, it's an excellent question. And in fact, uh, and no one was really talking about that comparison in 2004. I'm really glad you brought that up because it was you know, you had a bunch of those ballot initiatives and, you know, kind of masterminded by Ken Melman, who ran uh, then President Bush's mm -hmm. reelect campaign. 
where you had ballot questions on marriage outpacing actually votes for the top of the ticket, right? You saw more people turn out to vote on those social issues and then not even engage on the candidates. A lot of them did, and a lot of them supported the reelection of President Bush. Um, you know, I'm hopeful, you know, the process is still playing out in a lot of states. I think Colorado's moving forward. I it even saw, you know, Arkansas actually moving forward with uh, a ballot uh, question come November. A lot of key states, Arizona, I think Florida is also in that process. Um, of course, we saw, you know, uh, in this off cycle election record turnout in that kind of election for that Ohio measure, one big in Kansas, one big in Kentucky. So red states, purple states, uh, it can be a galvanizing uh, effort in blue states, too. Um, and I think why I was most fearful of a, a Nikki Haley matchup is I think she's the only one that has effectively messaged on that issue from the debate stage. Right. Mm -hmm. She can talk about being a mom struggling to get pregnant that really personal decision between a husband, wife, doctor, religion, she brought in religion, community, and she's the only one that has effectively messaged on that from a Republican, from the Republican side um, that appeals to suburban women, urban women. Um, so that was my fear with her being the mm -hmm. nominee uh, in terms of, uh, of uh, that appeal. Uh, but again, I don't think Republicans have a really good answer. And, and of course, you already saw the ads cutting themselves about Donald Trump, I destroyed Roe versus Wade. I'm responsible for taking it out, putting those three justices on. You know, the DNC mobilized right after those comments to get an ad out there. Um, so we're certainly going to remind folks of that come November. I'll finish with this. Um, because the Biden campaign, certainly Trump's campaign, are sort of in this general election mindset now, that would set up what I think is going to be the longest general election we've really had in modern yeah. uh, American elections. Um, do you worry about like voter fatigue? Uh, I do, right? I mean, it's already, you know, it's already kind of exhausting, you know, Jared, <laughs> you know, I know I'm sure you're exhausted already from New Hampshire and Iowa and on to South Carolina. I think, you know, there is going to be fatigue with all this. I mean, and your point, this is the longest ban. Of course, uh, you know, you saw a, a caucus, an Iowa caucus, which was really early too, right? MLK Day. We hadn't seen yeah. that before. Now, Super Tuesday is about the same time, March, I think it's March 5th or yep, um, early first March. Tuesday in March, yeah last cycle and stuff like that. But this is going to be an exhausting election for a lot of folks and a lot of dread, I think, you know, coming into this because you see the polling about not wanting to see a rematch of 2020. Um, so it, it's going to be incumbent on both sides to continue to engage voters where they are and meet them where they're at throughout this process. Give a lot of credit to, you know, the Trump campaign that now seemingly is also looking to November. They posted some good fundraising numbers. It seems like a lot of folks are coming home so that campaign, we're seeing the dynamics play out on Capitol Hill right now in terms of giving Donald Trump leeway on immigration, sadly, and, and Ukraine, probably. So it's going to be it's going to be an exhausting, you know, was it 10 months uh, to, to November? It'll be here in no time. We'll have a lot more uh, to say between now and then. Yes, we will. Uh, Kevin, always appreciate your insights, your time. We'll talk soon. Appreciate it. Thanks, right. Jerry. Good Take talk care. with you. That will do it for this edition of the Fox News Rundown from Washington podcast. Tomorrow on the Fox News Rundown, the Republican primary swings to South Carolina. We'll hear from one of the state's congressmen, Ralph Norman, on his support for Nikki Haley. Until then, thanks for listening. I'm Jared Halpern from Washington.
stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.